Here's a curious story. Apparently, Leah gave birth at the age of, wait for it, 130. And yet, it doesn't seem miraculous enough to get a mention. Why on earth? The answer is going to give you such an insight in how we live our lives and how we look at the events that happen in our life. Welcome back. I'm Gila Ross, host of the Power Up podcast, where we share Torah wisdom that will upgrade and impact your everyday. If you were to read the story in the text of how the Jews got down to Egypt, how Jacob and his family got down to to Egypt, you'll find a discrepancy because it says in the Torah that the, um, um, they traveled down to Egypt and there were 33 souls. Now, if you actually went and counted the number of soul, of people that it's listed there, you would only have 32 names, right? Which begs the question, is it 32 or is it 33? And yes, exactly. So, um, Leah... Was cat was Carrie was pregnant with Yochebed, right? So she was she had the the soul of Yochebed. The soul of Yochebed was there, but she wasn't listed yet because she wasn't yet born. Now here's the fascinating part of it. If you do the maths of how old Leah was when she had Yochebed, you'll get to something about a hundred and thirty. Any? Comments, any thoughts on that? I guess it's pretty common here. Said it's impossible. Now, what I'm going to say is I'm going to switch the words a little bit, okay? Because there's another story that you may be familiar with of Sarah giving birth to Isaac. Anyone knows how old Sarah was when she gave birth to Isaac? Ninety. Ninety. So, with your permission, Barbara, I'm going to change the words. It's impossible to... It's miraculous! Okay? Okay, great. Now I have a question for you, okay? When Sarah gives birth at the age of 90, what does the Torah do? How do you know that Sarah gave birth at 90? Let let me back up a little bit. When I said Sarah gave birth at 90, were there a lot of people in this room that were like, whoa, I didn't know that. Yes, hands up. No, 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 no shame. Okay. But, it's in there, though. Sorry? It's written. It's, it's written in yes. there, right? Yes. When I'm telling you, when I'm suggesting to you that Leah gave birth at 130, how many of you knew this? None no. of us. You knew it? Yeah, I knew she gave birth late. I knew she gave birth later. Yeah, it says it in the, in, in, in the Midrash. Says it in the Midrash, right? Which the Midrash deciphers from doing mathematical calculations, right? And and you can see straight out the demographics, right? I don't know what it is here. Maybe five percent of the population knew that Leah gave birth at um at, at, at an advanced age, and probably I don't know what the uh, um, um, percentage is. Maybe ninety-five percent of the population in this room knew that Sarah gave birth at the age of at, at an advanced age. And as Danielle told us, and by the way, you're welcome to use a chair, whatever's more comfortable for you. There are magical chairs. Thank you for having the chairs. Whatever's more comfortable. 
Um, this is a very chilled zone. You know, you want to sit on the floor, you want to sleep on the floor, whatever you want, right? It all, it all works. So, um, and, and, and the reason why there's that discrepancy is because, as Flamflower just told us, is because when it talks about Sarah, it says straight out, right? It talks about the fact that the angels came, that they predicted she was going to have a baby. It was so ludicrous. Sarah laughed and said, how is it possible that I'm going to have a child in an advanced age? And it was miraculous, right? It's straight out told us. So if it's a miracle, why doesn't the Torah tell us about Leah? Because if it's a miracle for Sarah to have a child at an advanced age, it's a miracle for any woman to have a, a baby at an advanced age. So why does the Torah just kind of hint at it, right? Like, if you know the Medrash, or if you kind of was get intrigued... Sorry? Was it her first marriage? No. It was, it was a later case. Yes. I so mean, it's still pretty... Um, no, for <laughs> sure, but I think that that was... I think she wasn't barren until later. You know, like, I think that was the key difference. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I hear that. There's definitely... Yeah. There is definitely an extra miracle about someone who has their first child at the age of 90. But she's 130. That's still beyond the realm of, 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 of natural. You know, it's not something like, you know, yeah, whatever, you know, this person had it at 30, this one had it at 36, this one had it at 130. It's still like, what? As Barbara said, it sounds impossible, right? Which is, I think, what a miracle is, is when something that seems impossible happens. So you've given one theory. Any other theories about why the Torah doesn't mention the miracle? So I think what you're getting into is, is the idea that some miracles are open miracles and some miracles are kind of more hidden miracles, right? Sarah, it was an open miracle, right? Here is a woman who's never had a baby. She's 90 years old. You think to yourself, you know what? She's 90 years old. Shame. She's never had a baby. Her time's kind of come and gone, right? She has a baby. It is miraculous, right? Whereas this, she's 130, however old she is, depending on the, on the different um, um, mathematics you do. She's at an advanced age. It's more of a hidden miracle. We okay with that? I believe five or six. Are we six? We are probably six. But can you just say again why it was a hidden miracle? Because the theory that... Yeah. I, I haven't said this. I'm just no, repeating okay. theory that I'll be thrown out. The theory is that because she's already had some kids before. Okay. I don't think... So that's not what I... I think that when Sarah had her kid at 90-something, it was because of her daughter. Like, that was a miracle because that really came from a child. From a child. There's something to say about a child that just comes about by pure miracle, just from your, just from your prayers. And there's something to say about this woman just was great at giving birth, and she just kept going at it. She just, like, and he had like three others, and she just kept doing it. Like, like she was, yeah, like she was the mother. Like she, she, she. Was buried with Yaakov, and she is like more of the mother of like Anais, Alvin, and the others. Yeah, 
she she gave birth to half of the Okay. I mean, so 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 we're shifting a little bit, which which I think is 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 an interesting direction as well. What you're saying is that there's that kind of like like you pray for something and then it happens, and that's kind of like wow, right? Like, um, um, I don't know if anyone has had that experience in their life where you kind of like you pray for something and then it happens, and you're kind of like it's much harder to ignore that this is from God, right? When when you kind of uh, um um pray for it, and I think um I think what what's I'll leave that to the end, actually. We'll, 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 I, don't, I don't want to give away too much, okay? We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that point as well. So here's the thing, okay? Is that... Um, um, Lisbeth? Lisette. Lisette, sorry. sorry. <coughs> as Lisette was telling us, there's these things about open miracles and hidden miracles, right? And here's the thing. We think of the Torah as a book that tells us about the miracles, right? But not every single miracle makes it into the Torah, as we can see. Right? The miracle of Sarah, Kate was, was told, and that was an open miracle, right? It's kind of as Danielle said, and as we'll kind of see later on as, uh, um, as well, it was an open miracle. Here's a woman who's never given birth, right? Here is a woman, a couple, that are desperate to have a child. Here are angels that come and predict that there will be a baby born in this house within the next um, um, year, and a, a baby's born, right? It's kind of a miracle. That's, would you kind of agree it's an open miracle at that point? Yes. Yes, yes, it is an open miracle. And then there are kind of um, hidden miracles. Now, what's the difference between a hidden miracle and an open miracle? I'll give you an example. Imagine if I walked into this room tonight and I said, you'll never guess what happens. I'm driving down past the cemetery. What's this one? nearby here called Fairmount, right? I'm driving past, I got stuck in traffic, I stood there, and what I saw is I saw a person rise out of the, um, of the, the grave and uh, get up and walk out. What would you say? You could be honest with me. <laughs> you're dreaming. I mean, you're, you're very kind. Most people would say... Checked out, you know, there's a doctor I would recommend, right? You'll, you'll be like crazy. Now, hold on a second. It's crazy, right? It's impossible for that to happen, right? A person passes away, they're buried, that's it, right? Yes, yes, yes. We cannot comprehend the concept of something that is being buried and then come back to life, right? A am I right about that? Anyone wants to disagree with me? This is your moment. <laughs> really? What happens? Forget about modern technology. Why in the day they used to bury their dead? That's why they could do that. Right. Forget about modern technology. What happens? What happens? Come springtime. Any of you here garden? Tell, tell me what happens in the spring. Everything comes up. Okay. What, okay. How, how does? Okay. So flowers grow, right? How does the flower grow? You take a seed which is dead, right? You put it in the ground, you bury it, and what happens? Miraculous! A tree grows, a flower grows, a plant grows. And if I tell you I planted a seed and it grew into a plant, none of you would think I was, I was talking, you know, I was crazy. Although you should, because if that, if I would manage to do that, that would be a miracle, <laughs> right? 
we all used to. None of us blink an eyelid when you see an apple grow from a tree, when you see a flower grow on the uh, uh, grow on, on, on in, in the garden. None of us blink. Why? Because we are used to it. If we would see the same mechanism, right, of a dead person getting out, out of a grave, we would all need trauma therapy, right? <laughs> the, 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 it, it, why? Why? Because we're not used to it, even though intellectually there's no difference be, between putting a seed into the ground and if you think about it, you put a seed into this ground, it dies, right? It disintegrates, it deteriorates, and then it grows into something new. It's miraculous, it's crazy, but none of us think of it that way because we're used to it, right? It's the same thing. Imagine someone, an alien came down to earth, right? And they ended up in, 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 the, in, in a ward, in the maternity ward in a hospital never seen the process of birth before. They're walking past the maternity ward, the doctor comes in and says, oh, you're new to earth, let me show you this. And they walk in, they see a woman giving birth. What are they thinking? That she's dying. She's dying. Yeah, this is terrible, this is tragic. They would think, I am watching the process of death, right? They wouldn't understand the energy in the room, right? But why is everyone like, okay, happy, you know? they. And then, in order to see a human being be, being, be, being born, it's miraculous, right? And again, we don't think of it that way. And if you think about it, like, everything that a fetus needs to survive in, in, in uterus is opposite to what it needs outside of, 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 of uterus, right? Like, it needs to be able to breathe underwater in, in uterus, right? Surrounded by water. So for when, when the baby's born, everything has to switch, right? It's an absolute miracle, but we don't think of it as a miracle because we are used to it. Now, the reason why the Torah tells us about the open miracles... Okay, let me, let me back up. Let me see if you guys can figure this out. If I'm suggesting that everything's a miracle, everything that happens is a miracle, right? Just some things we're used to it, some things we're not. Why do we have open miracles? It's all miraculous. Why does God sometimes have to do things that are open miracles? Yes. So you're, you're, you're asking a very good question, and, and I want to broaden the question a little bit, okay? Because I think this is really what, what I was trying to ask, but you asked much better, okay? So you're, you're saying that we have sort of these two systems in the world, right? We have what's called <coughs> the laws of nature, right? Those hidden miracles that we are used to, right? You don't blink an eye when you see um, um, something grow from the ground, right? You don't... Well, maybe we do, but we don't say, oh my gosh, there's a miracle because a baby's born, because we are used to it, right? You go to sleep at night, you wake up the next morning, you can open your eyes, you, can, you, you, you have your, your, your bodily functions again. You don't, we don't go, oh my gosh, it's a miracle, because it's nature, right? So that's one sort of system that, the, that God 
operates the world through, right? Through the laws of nature. And then we have another system, which is when kind of God steps out of that system of nature, right? Now, what we're saying here, right, and what which we started with, with the miracle of, of Leah by, by saying is that all of it is orchestrated by God, right? All of it is orchestrated by God. The laws of nature is orchestrated by God. And it's no less wondrous, if you want to use that word. It's no less miraculous that it happens, but we don't think of it as less as, as miraculous because we are used to it, right? Now, miracles are also God's God's um, um, God, God interacting with the world, but that is God interacting with the world in a way that it is clear that God is interacting with the world, right? So, so these two systems is kind of one where there's a system where it's clear that this is God, right? Someone who has a baby at 90 years old, it's very clear that God did it, right? As, as Danielle said, someone that prays for something and gets back to them, that is very clear that God did it, right? Some think, now the other system, nature, it's not so clear that God did it, right? So why do we need these two different systems? Why is it not enough to just have nature? What's the point of a miracle? To reveal Hashem in the world. Yes. Okay. So so how would that play out? Because, I mean, if you think, let's go back to Seth, right? God could do anything. Why does he have to wait till she's 90? Give her a child when she's 40 or 50 or whatever it is. I don't know what the age was at that, at that point. But why does she have to wait till then? Right? So, so you're saying to kind of reveal himself in the world and you're saying to draw attention to this child to draw attention and and you're both right you're both right what I want to focus on is is your answer um, and Danielle's answer and, and take that a little bit and and um, Danielle remind us all what your answer was to reveal God's God's miracle um, God's in in the world and we see this for example in the story of Hanukkah right there were two miracles in the story of Hanukkah what were they? The war. And the second one is the oil, right? Now, one of the things that we're, we're taught is that of those two, would you say that they are both open miracles, hidden miracles? What would you say? Right. So, so, um, Everyone's in agreement? Yes, we're pretty much in agreement, right? And we're kind of told that, you know, the Hanukkah, really, if you think about it, the eight days of Hanukkah, um, the first day of the oil is not a miracle, right? You light oil and it and it burns. It's not a miracle, right? So why are we celebrating for, for eight days? So one of the reasons that's given is because one of the days is for the for the miracle and one and the rest of it is for is for the for the oil, right? But we, we commemorate it all because of the oil, because this this is, potentially, if we get ourselves into that headspace, if we lived in that time, right? You hear a story about a, an army, a, a, a weak army, that wins a much more mighty army. 
What would you say? Some people would say that's a miracle, and other people would say, that's amazing. They must have had a better strategy. They were more passionate, right? You, which, again, which literally is the point of a hidden miracle, right? That some people will look at it and say, wow, God did that for us. And some people will look at it and say, uh, I don't know, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe it's the other, right? So it's much more of a hidden miracle. What happens then is that they find a tiny little jug of oil, they light it, it's enough to last one day, and it lasts for eight days. Now, those people who are kind of like, I don't know, maybe they were just lucky. Maybe they were just very strategic. Maybe they just caught the Greeks on a bad day, are like, wow, something weird is going on, right? God is intervening in our life, right? So what the open miracles do is they teach us to look for the hidden miracles, right? Because as we said, everything that happens is 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 miraculous, right? By what by what what I mean by miraculous, I mean is that comes from God, right? Most of it is through the the um, through the laws of nature, but occasionally God will do something crazy, right, or something open. An open miracle, and what that does is it teaches us, hey, God intervenes in, in, in the world. That means that God intervenes in the world the whole time, and it teaches us to kind of train ourselves to see God's hand in everything. The classic, what was the classic example of this? Anyone can guess what I'm getting at? Sorry? Exactly. The, the, the um, Passover, right? One of the reasons why Passover is such a pivotal point in the Jewish calendar is because it teaches us this point exactly, right? That God, at that point in history, did open miracle after open miracle after open miracle, so much so that the entire world was like, oh my gosh, there's a God, right? And we commemorate it every single day, every single year, and in fact, every single day, we say it in our prayers and we say it in, in, in different points in, 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 in Judaism to remind ourselves that God is involved in our life, right? And here's the, here's the thing. Sounds great. Yes? No? I see a smile. I, I, bet, I bet you know where I'm going with this, right? <laughs> it sounds great. But... How many of us, and none of you have to be honest, but I'll be honest with you. How many of us lived like this? Thinking, oh my goodness, a plant is growing. Wow, that's God, right? Or, you know, I don't know, you wake up in the morning and you open your eyes and you're like, wow, I can see. What a miracle. You don't have to pick up your hand, but I know I don't live like that, right? We don't, because, and, and, and. To make us all feel a little bit better, even the greatest of the righteous people grappled with this. Um, Joseph, right, he was in prison, and one of the things that he's called out on is that he goes and he tells, uh, he interprets the dreams for the for the butler and the baker, and he tells the butler that you're going to be saved, and he says to them, "Please remind the king that I'm still in prison," and he's criticised for it a little bit. Which, by the way, this is going to get into a whole other discussion that um, um, we can shelve for another time. But he's criticized a tiny bit for it because 
he, he, he's relying too much. He forgot that there's a God who runs the world and who, and who, um, who's, who decides how long he's going to be in prison for, right? And, and again, we live in this, in this reality where we have to live in the world, right? The Jewish approach is that if God forbid someone is sick, you go to a doctor, right? If you need money to live, you go to work, right? If you need to, to if you want to plant something, you've got to plant it and water it and do all those other things that I have no clue about, right? We have to live in the world as though we are the people that are making things happen, at the same time as remembering that there's a God who runs this world. And it's a very, very difficult balance. And even the greatest of the greats grappled with this challenge. So how are we supposed to, how are we supposed to, to balance it? Because on the one, yes, Karine, go. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Which, which I think makes it even harder. It makes it makes the challenge even harder because if let's say, um, you know, if let's say we see, you know, we weren't challenged to do to to do what we could, right? If we could just say, you know, I need to pay the mortgage at the end of the month, but you know what? I trust in God. There's a miracle. I'll sit home. I'll enjoy myself. I'll read, you know, read a book. I'll, I don't know what I'll do. Definitely not gardening, but something else, right? And, and I, I trust that God's going to pay my mortgage. I mean, it would be great. Number one, it would be great. And number two, it would be much easier to, to remember that God um, puts, puts that money into the thing when at the end of the month I'm, my mortgage is paid. But that's not the world we live in, and that's not the world we're supposed to live in. We are supposed to go out and do the work and etc. right? Which makes it harder because I'm living in a reality where I'm, I'm as though I'm the one that makes these deals on turn. And at the same time that I'm supposed to remember that there's a God that's kind of making it all um, um, turn behind the scenes, yes? Yeah, I think that's making the choice of like, of like working enough to make the bills and then I'm taking on that second and third job that, that takes you away from your family, that takes you away from Shabbat, that takes you away from things that like, that is why you're on Right, so I think it's, I think it's like not totally relying on you and saying like no, but I need this money for a rainy day. Like no one's gonna help me. No, like make enough to have parnasah, to have like a house, to have what you need. But then like um, don't go to the extent that you're like that that is taking away from your spirituality. Okay, that that's yeah. that's a very very good it's a very good um, balance to achieve. And how do we get to that balance? Because it's very hard. It's it's very very hard to get into that 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 work 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 mode. Whatever that whatever the area is, right? Whether it's raising your kids, whether it's your health, whether it's 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 work, um, whatever it is, right? To to do 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 do, and then not overdo, and then still not um um um, um you know forget that there is a God. Yes, Alina. But. Uh... Because you, like, without uh, Absolutely. Hashem, you will not be able to do it. It doesn't matter how 
100%, you're 100%. It's it, to remember that whatever we do have is coming from God. I'm going to give you two other ideas as well that can kind of help keep us grounded and help us achieve that balance. First one is prayer, right? When we pray, and it's even simple things, right? Like saying blessings on food, on the bathroom, right? When we pray, we remember where this is coming from, right? And, and it, the prayer, the, if blessings start, Baruch Hashem, right? What, what are we saying? Does anyone know what Baruch means? Right. Now, who am I to start telling God, blessed are you, God? Right? Like, does God really need me to start turning around him and saying, blessed are you, God? It's for us. And I think that's one of the cases where the, the word gets lost in the translation. Because it's not that... Me telling God, you're blessed, right? It's me reminding myself that God, you are the source of blessing, right? And, and in Hebrew, the word barich also means a pool, right? And the idea that, that God, you're the source of the blessing, right? So something even as simple as going to the bathroom. You take a moment, you come out of the bathroom, and if you know the prayer in Hebrew, great. If you know it in English, it's... it's, it's it's fantastic prayer to, to, to kind of get to get get to know. Taking a moment, and I don't think there's any other practice in the world that's quite like it, that just says, I have this, I just performed this function, which most of us think of as annoying, whatever, right? Interruption in our day, whatever it is. It is a blessing that my body functions. And that blessing comes from you, God, right? Like something like that. Whether it's when we when we use the bathroom, when it's when we wake up in the morning, there there are so many short prayers that we can incorporate into our lives. In whether you know it in Hebrew, great, you know it in English, use it yourself, your own words, right? Find ways to, to anchor it to things that you do during the day. But when we can kind of pray, right? Not just and to ask God for things, because even when you ask God for things, right? People sometimes ask, like, can I ask God to find a pair of shoes in my size? What's the answer? Yes. Absolutely, because you know what you're doing then? You're acknowledging that if I find this shoe uh, in my size, it comes from God. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So that's number one. Someone have a quick hand. Okay, no, go ahead. I'll hear number two. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, the second thing is, and, and this I think is, is um, it, it ties in a little bit to what Danielle says, but I think it, it, it's incredible mind shift. And this is to understand that there's no such thing as competition. What do I mean by that? You, you, we all live in Colorado, would, would appreciate this, right? What, what do you see when you go to the mountains? Gorgeous, what else? Quiet, what else? It's beautiful, it's expansive, it's huge, right? God created this huge world, right? Hundreds of different types of fruit and vegetables, an abundance of land, an abundance of area, so much abundance. Why? Why? God could have given us like, I don't know, three foods that would give us all our nutrients and, and you know, or, or even like half the amount of it and we'd still have variety and we still have 
you know, why is there so much abundance in the world? Because God is infinite, yes, and God wants us to know, you don't ever get into that scarcity mindset. Don't ever worry that someone's going to take away something that belongs to you. Look out at the mountains. Look how massive they are. Look out at the world. The world is huge. It's abundant. There's plenty for everyone. And I think this is something that, that can trip us up so much. Right? We all fall into this, this thing of, you know, you, we hear about someone that gets a promotion that we wanted, or we hear that someone, you know, gets a car or something that we wanted. I don't know what, what it is that, 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 that you wanted. Gets into a school that we wanted to or wants our kids to get into. Fill in, fill in the blanks, right? Someone else gets something. And, and a part of us is like, oh, my goodness, like, what about, what about me? But we have to respond to that by saying there's plenty for everyone. There's, doesn't mean you're going to get it, right? Doesn't mean you're going to get it because ultimately we only get what's good for us. But that's, again, another, another discussion. Doesn't mean we're going to get it. We have to understand that nobody can take away something that belongs to someone else, right? Not in any area. No one else can threaten you in, in that way. And, and, and again, when we recognize not only does it help us, because imagine if we could let go of that thing, if we could step into that mindset of abundance, you know, there's plenty, there's plenty, right? If it's good for me, I'll get it, because there's no, it's not like God is, is deciding, okay, right now, okay, I need to give, I need to give the chocolate out, so let me, you know, I've got six pieces, let me decide who to give it to. God has millions of pieces, I mean, have you ever gone to Walmart or whatever, like, there's, there's, you, you see this in America, right? And, um, um, that the abundance, it, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And every time you step into a place where there's abundance, remind yourself. The reason why there's abundance, or one of the reasons why there's abundance, is to teach me that there's plenty. There is plenty to go around, right? No one can take something that belongs to someone else because if God wants me to have it, I will. Okay, Jenny, did you have a question? Well, I, I'm still, I wonder how like, this kind of goes back to the open and hidden miracles, because I, I, what kept coming to my mind was like, Hashem is giving us these little reminders. And like when we say our morning prayers, these little tiny things are miracles, right? They're just like miraculous that this happens, and we're grateful and appreciative. But then is every miracle same like the ones the mountains that are like awe-inspiring and huge are the same as like these little miracles that happen you know on a day-to-day -day basis like i don't know like what, still i'm not clear of, like what's the difference then between the hidden and the okay open, so so right? so um what what i want to do is is i'm going to try and answer your question in two ways okay i want to answer your question by just quickly going through the four different levels that we go through and the second thing question that i want to answer is um a question I think that we, we sort of touched on, but we never actually think, which is, okay, great. So God wants us to know that he's involved. Why do we need um, um, hidden miracles? Why can't everything be miraculous? Again, God could do anything, right? Why why, why do we need um, nature? Okay, so, so, so let, let, let's, and, and let's see if that answers your question, okay? So the first, the, the, there are four levels that a person can go through, right? The first level is someone who, and, and by the way, this is applying to someone who believes in God, okay? So let's take that as an assumption, right? Someone believes in God, right? So level number one is they live in a world 
that nature dominates, but they believe in God, right? And they'll pray for God's help. But they see the world through the lens of nature. That's number one. Number two, they see the world, they see nature as a tool, right? So this is kind of like someone who, who is walking past a room, look, peeks in through the, the keyhole and sees um, a pen writing. Right now, that's an intelligent person. So they recognize that pen's not writing itself. There must be someone sitting at the desk who's, who's holding the pen, right? So this is, a, a, again, a level above where they see that God is orchestrating nature, right? They see nature as a tool that God is, is orchestrating. Number three, this person sees everything as God, right? They see the, the, you know, the person rising up out of the grave as God. They see... Um, um, Sarah having a, a baby at 90 as, as God. They see um, going to the bathroom as God. They see everything in their life as God. Okay? Number four is very, very select few of people who see nature as obscuring God. Right? They recognize that nature actually hides God. So this is the person, like, for example, King David. Right, was on this level where he when he went into war he recognized that him going to fight the war was hiding God and what that did is he recognized that that was a challenge that I'm gonna have to go and fight this war and at the same time by me fighting this war I'm hiding God right so that's like the highest level I mean you can you can ask yourselves like where are where are most of us I would imagine most of us are level one. I mean, I'll talk to myself, right? We see, you know, we see the world as the world and, you know, we believe in God, we pray to God, we ask God for help and, and occasionally we'll see, we'll see God kind of moving the pen kind of things. And, and it doesn't, you don't have to stick at one. It does, and it's just, it's the point of these levels is it kind of shows us the progression and it also shows us this point that nature actually hides God. It's not that God uses nature, it's that God hides through nature. So which brings us to the question of why? Wouldn't it be great if we removed the mask and we could all see God? Would it be great? It takes takes away our free will, okay? I'm I'm seeing a, a you're not you're not pro it either. Okay, no one can stand be, be, be before God, okay? Also no Free will, okay. Anyone else? Any? Yes, Alina. Okay, so, so God, you're saying that it's a gift that God gives us so that we can feel proud of ourselves. Yes, okay. Finished product. Okay. Okay, which again is a double edged sword. Sorry? We had We did have it, yes. And, and and again, that goes into a whole other discussion of, of there was a period in, in, in of open miracles. We're now in a in, in a period of history, Jewish history, where there is no such thing as open miracles. But let's pick a let's pick a, to a, a point from that, okay? So the book of miracles strengthen our faith, but I would imagine that the hidden miracles, not the hidden miracles, the nature, 
weakens our faith because we kind of forget. So, so here's a story, okay? Splitting of the sea. Open miracle, hidden miracle. Open miracle, right? Complete open miracle. What happens after? Come on. If you were at the, uh, the splitting of the sea, Three days later. Okay, come on. Let's dissect this. Think about this for a second, okay? You see the sea splitting, right? Oh my goodness. This is a clear act of God. I am never, ever, ever going to sin against God again, right? Come on. No? Think about the most inspiring moment in your life, right, so far. Where, 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 where you've had a moment where you're like, that's it. I'm never, ever going to do X, Y, Z again, right? The Jews had that on, like, steroids, right? The sea split. I would imagine they're never going to do anything wrong. Three days, like, come on. You can't even last a week, three months. Like, come on, what happened? You know why? Because it was given to them. They didn't work for it, right? When it's so blatantly given to you, it's not the same. Right? When you have to work at it, right? When you have to pray for something, when you have to train yourself to find God in your life, then it becomes part of you. Then it becomes sustainable. So we need both, right? And you're 100% right. Those of you that said about the free will and, and the other things, you're 100% right. I just wanted to highlight one part of it. We need both, right? We need the nature that hides God will because we can't um, um, live in that 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 God's space the whole time but also because it is the training ground for us to find God in our life and the only way we become people who see beyond who see the depth of something right because when what happens is when a person can see God beyond the the, the nature right when you can you, you become a person who can see the depth of something you can see the deeper reality in the world and that affects everything the only way we become that way is by consistently practicing that muscle right through the prayer which reminds us that the, that god does it and through reminding ourselves that the world is abundant and no one can take away what's mine because there's a god that runs the world and through all those different things that that um, um practices that we can practice put into our life those strengthen the muscle and we also have those bigger, more open miracles because they give us the, those moments where we kind of like, wow, there's a miracle. There's a God that runs the world. And that kind of gives us that, that inspiration, that idea of like, wow, there's a God. Because right? if we never had any open miracles, right, we would not know about this. We would totally be th thinking, right? So we need, but then we need the hidden Stuff. We need the nature, we need the day-to-day, -day, so that we can train ourselves to become people who see God in the world and who build that relationship with God. And that's why, if we bring it back to Yecheber and Sarah, right? You're right, Danielle and a few others, I can't remember who it was, my apologies, a few of you who said, it wasn't the same level of miracle, right? Sarah looked old, right? Leah looked still youthful. Right? Um, so Sarah's miracle was an open miracle, right? Leah's miracle was less 
of an of, of an open miracle, right? And it, the Torah doesn't kind of say it. It's more of a hidden miracle, right? The Torah doesn't say it because the Torah highlights either those miracles that are open, open miracles that can teach us something for years and years and years that we can look back at, like, for example, the, the plagues and the things and say, wow, look, God interrupted the world to save the Jews. God interrupted the world to highlight something, right? All the miracles that are, that are predicted, right? Sarah's miracle was predicted, right? But those hidden miracles, the Torah doesn't necessarily highlight so much because those are kind of for us to find and for us to, to, to help strengthen our muscle of, of seeing beyond um, the veil of, of nature and to, to practice to, to become those people who can see God in the world. Any questions? Any thoughts? Any comments? Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. For more ideas that will help you live a more beautiful life, check out my new book, Living Beautifully. And please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. Have a wonderful day.